Game Boys. Hello, Internet. Welcome to the Game Boys podcast. Uh, my name is Lux, and I'm here with, well, you know him very well. He's just finished reading a hundred think pieces about Kanye West and Donald Glover. It's Griffin Davis. <laughs> yes. Give me all the think pieces. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not great at thinking, so it's nice that there's just pieces out there that can think for me. No, it's good that there's a cottage industry of people that do have opinions for you. It makes life substantially easier. <laughs> How's it been, dude? What have you been up to? It's been good. I've been liking all of Kanye's tweets still. Jesus I'm still, still into that. Um, and uh, uh, I'm what the thing I wanted to first talk about is 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 this DJ Khaled thing because that's I think the the saddest news story. It is a disappointment because because DJ Khaled for me was always the the celebrity to look up to, like the aspirational uh, entity, just like someone that was very positive um, and. Uh, genuine. Well, he seemed like a super giving guy too, like a generous dude. Exactly right. And so uh, I don't even. Luck, do you want to explain what happened? Yeah, for those of you uh, who who aren't aware and don't follow sort of this kind of bullshit, <laughs> DJ Khaled basically tweeted that he doesn't do oral sex to his uh, his partner and uh, is prepared to receive it at any time, but will not perform it. And is that it seems like a shitty way to be. It's tough because I thought so many of his songs were about going down and now it just like there's it recontextualizes so much of his music for right, me. Like I'm so hood and we taken over. Yeah. And anyways, that's like that's what I've been bummed out about. Um, but in video game news right now, I have a mission. Um, I've, I've finished God of War. I need a new game. And I was thinking, what if I dusted off the old Xbox 360? And I did, but I'm missing the power cord. So now I have to go buy a power cord for my Xbox 360 so I can play Worms Ultimate Mayhem. It's the game I was talking about on the podcast last week. And because I mentioned it, I, I started having all those memories again. Man, that game is incredible. It's really janky. It's only available on the Xbox 360 marketplace. So this is the only place I can play it. Well, um, I, the best of luck, dude, honestly. Um, yeah, before getting out of war, the other follow-up from last week is you asked me if um, I got addicted to making prank calls. And I kind of played it off like a fun bit, but the answer is like super yes. <laughs> I can't stop. I've been doing it. I've been doing it at six in the morning to make prank calls. <laughs> yeah, but the yeah, but like so, uh, have you gotten better? Because I think last podcast I wasn't. I was like, yeah, are these even pranks? Well, I feel like last podcast you just didn't understand the bit, and I think that. <laughs> That's probably still true. And if I explain to you what got on the show, it won't make any sense to you. And you'll be like, that's not okay. a real prank. <laughs> but if you watch the latest episode of Not Even a Show, I am on it as Tailboy. Yeah, you you keep promoting other people's shows on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you promote your sketch show on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not a pod. Anyways, uh, I don't feel like it's a competing entity. I don't uh, think it's a really competing entity. We don't do news. Should we talk about God of War and how good it was? Or Because or, I feel like our guest next week might be bringing God of War on, so I don't know how much God of War let's, we want to talk. Let's do a quick one so that if he does... We don't go and do it too far, but if he doesn't, for sure. Okay, so quick spoilers, Rory. If you care about this, I'm sorry. You can cover your straight up. I've, I haven't played any of them. It, nothing you will say will make sense to me. Even well, there <laughs> okay, you go. perfect. Um, so Lux, what did you think? This is spoiler cast. Like, what do you think about the whole the, the story overall? That was really good. Um, yeah, I thought it was really moving. I thought the ending. I was ready. I thought I saw the end twist coming, where the kids like. 
but they spell my name weird. They call me Loki. Yeah, what does that what does that mean? Like, I understand Loki is one of the the dudes, but what does that mean bloodline wise? I'm confused. Well, I mean, Loki, mythologically speaking, like to go back to like the actual text is like the son of Odin and a giant. So the fact that he's half giant like still checks out. But I think the bigger idea is that like a lot of this game seems to be like, like I think I said this last time that like a lot of this game seems to be like a. Uh, what would mythology be like if we just added Kratos and then like saw how that changes every mythology story? So huh. this is just another way in which adding Kratos just changes the nature of Norse mythology. You know? Okay. So oh, so they're they're so they're basically saying that like Odin is not this Odin is not the dad anymore. Kratos is now the dad yeah. of Loki. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was and just then, a little confused on what that meant. Yeah. And how much Loki how Loki e he gets is something that we'll see probably the next game. Right. Like like you mean like he'll go he'll go bad or something. Well, if he goes bad or not, I think that's like the question. Yeah. Like by raising the idea that he could be Loki, it introduces the idea that he could go bad at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> We have already bored Rory. I can hear him falling asleep over well, there. He's literally doing wheelies. He's literally doing wheelies in the wheelchair that we have for the guests. Oh, oh okay. So, um, he's staying limber. Yeah, staying fresh for when we introduce him, which is probably about now. Yeah, I've said his name oh, twice, fuck. so we should probably introduce him. Yeah, it's probably so. So um, this week we have a, a, a guest as equally special as all of our other guests. We're all equally special in the eyes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is an illustrator of comics. He creates T-shirts. He's a wrestler. You also do other things that I that are a litany of other things I can't remember. It's Rory. Should I, which way, how should I introduce you on the show? Do you want me to be Rory Blank? Yeah, I mean, even less people know my legal name. Copy that. Rory Blank is joining us on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Rory Blank, last name Blank. B L A N K. Blank. Yes. Um, Rory, welcome to the Game Boys podcast. Sorry about that. Extremely, I forgot to ask how to introduce you before intro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, straight up, like, also, I I started, no, the fucked up thing is I don't even really fully associate myself with the name that I use publicly, because I only started doing that, like, two years ago, because I would, like, before that, I would just post stuff online under that name on, like, Tumblr and shit, and, like, it, just really inconsequential stuff, and then, like, when the Ted Cruz thing happened... I had previously been working for the state legislature and like I really wanted to get my job back. And I thought that like if my old bosses found you needed a stage name. Yeah, I thought that if my bosses found a like an article from The Guardian saying that like I had drawn a picture saying Ted Cruz was a Zodiac killer, that I wouldn't be able to get my job back. <laughs> so we should <laughs> we should like, we should take it back a few more steps to explain all of that with some context. The cops run. Um, but. Uh, Oh, can you hear that on oh, yeah, my end? That's just the cat. That's just uh, one of the benefits of living in Los Angeles is, uh, you know, you're always, always oh, safe. I thought they knew that you were a crime lord. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll get into we'll get into Ted Cruz in a second because I really want to talk to you about that. Um, but first, I want to hear more just about uh, you and get to know you a little okay. bit. Uh, so are you originally from Austin? No, uh, I was born in Georgia and then I lived in El Paso until about a decade ago. Okay, cool. I'm almost thirty. Um, and you and you do comics now. Is that something that you've just always done? Uh, I yeah. No, I'm sorry. This isn't super interesting. <laughs> it's because I don't have ready. I don't have ready made it. Let's let, let, let's take it back in further. What what's a comic? Uh, a comic <laughs> strip is a way of laying out ideas in a sequential fashion, uh, similar to. Uh, 
movies, but <laughs> okay. if you if you like just paused the movie every five seconds and then only looked at it while it was paused. <laughs> so what made you choose that particular sequential way of telling that particular way of sequentially organizing events to tell a story? Well, mostly because I used to write I used to write sketches and then I decided that like it was too much of a pain in the dick to like try to get people together and I couldn't afford equipment to like film anything and like I just hate trying to negotiate with other people's time so it was a lot easier to draw f- pictures yeah that makes every decision Griffin I've ever made seems so stupid because it's so accurate <laughs> it's, well it's, the it's flip side way is of doing it. I, if I could draw I wouldn't be talking to you right I, now Lux. I'd be drawing I believe here's that. the thing like I didn't <laughs> know how to draw when I was like 23 I taught myself within the last like couple of years you could start oh, that's so that's crazy. I can't imagine learning music or drawing at this point. Like, I feel like I've learned the skills, my core set, and I'm just going to, like, refine those and trick people into paying me for them. <laughs> Griffin's stuck being great. I mean, I, I actually also feel exactly the same. Like, like, yeah. Like, do you could you seriously pick up an instrument now? Uh, no. And start learning? No, probably maybe, maybe. not. I, I have no sense of rhythm whatsoever. So like I'm already starting at a pretty steep disadvantage. So you started a little bit late into comics. That's cool. But like what let's talk, describe what kind of comics you particularly make. Oh, fuck. I, just do, <laughs> I mostly just do like single page gag strips at this point. Like, um, I don't know. They're, they're extremely funny. That is one thing about them. And also like what I particularly like about the comics that you do is that they're, they're dark without being like overbearingly dark. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's not like a, a grim world where nothing matters. It's just like a world like ours, except a lot stupider. I, I draw comic strips that people on Reddit don't like. <laughs> that's, that's the best way I can think to describe it. Are they not mean enough? What is, or what, what do you mean by that? Uh, probably mostly that like my, my milieu isn't making jokes like Harry Potter's good at coding in Python because <laughs> Which, like, actually, when I say it out loud, is a pretty solid premise. Yeah, it's a pretty decent joke, actually. Uh, okay, cool. So, um, you mentioned Ted Cruz earlier. Now, you uh, were... Tangentially uh, involved in a uh, meme. Tangentially involved in a meme that kind of blow, blew up. Um, uh, a lot of our listeners might know this one. Uh, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer was the meme. Can you tell us a little bit how, how that got started and your involvement? And, yeah, what, what, how you got involved with trying to pin <laughs> that on a president, potential um, candidate? So right, right <laughs> off the bat, like, so I, I didn't come up with the thing. It was a joke that Tim Faust's friends were doing on Twitter for a while. And then, like, I was working on, I think, making a gargoyle for one of the PWR shows. Whoop, whoop. And, uh... PLUR Party World Wrestling, a Austin-based wrestling league that I, I am in. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, dude. Like our listeners know, the only guests we have on are these Party World wrestlers it's, or comedians from the past. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely <laughs> fucked up. But yeah, so you you work on a gargoyle for PLUR, and, and then Tim Faust walked over and asked me if I would draw a shirt based off a joke that one of his friends made that he said we we would uh-huh. sell maybe twenty of. And then I went went home and drew that up really quickly. And then, like, the next day it was on Jezebel, oh. a drawing that I had done. And then it was in, like, The Guardian and on CNN. And it's That's just insane. fucking weird. And if you go to, like, the Know Your Meme page, this drawing that I did is still there. 
and it's just real baffling to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fucking wild and extremely dope. Um, and then so you guys, you were moving it as t-shirts, right? And you guys ended up moving like a bajillion t-shirts, like seven thousand. That's fucking crazy. And and that's because you guys stopped selling yeah. them. Like more people would have bought uh, them. Actually, it, uh, Tim Faust recently reopened the store as a. Uh, a, a extended goal for a fundraising thing he was doing elsewhere for abortion access in Mississippi, which uh, as of right now has one abortion clinic in it in the entire state. Uh, so as a as a fundraising goal, if he could raise sixty nine sixty nine hundred dollars, yeah, sixty nine hundred yeah. for uh, abortion nice. goal, uh, then he w- was that what is that thing's called? Um, I forget what the thing was called. It's called. Uh, I remember the page is abortion shirts on Shopify. I can't yeah. Remember. Uh, anyway, he raised $6,900 and so he's selling them again. And I have no idea how that's doing because Tim Faust is constantly moving around and it's kind of hard to like pin him down for more than five seconds to talk to him about anything. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. A, a, a little, little controversial Rory calling out Tim Faust in the podcast. Tim, Tim, wh- Tim, where are you? He likes, and why are you ducking me, dude? Like why are you ducking the, me, dude? Because he spends like half the fucking year traveling around the country, like trying to get people <laughs> motivated no, for single pair. Tim's actually trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. And the rest of us are kind of dicking around. Rory, do, do you, do you, do you, should we turn the Game Boy's army on, on Tim? Please don't. All, all six people. Game Boy Boys, Game Boy's army. Honestly, at that point, if we unleash our six-person army, Tim Faust can unleash his like twenty-thousand-person army, and we are doomed. Make sure to at Tim Faust saying, "Don't, don't uh, answer Rory's calls." <laughs> yeah, great hashtag. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so you guys, so yeah, those shirts have raised a bunch of money, and they're pretty wild. And you can find it's abortion shirts. It's abortion shirts at slash Shopify.com, right? Yeah. Um, I found out also that. This is this is honestly probably one of the best things I've ever seen for that kind of website. If you type in the URL wrong, it'll ask like there's a thing built into the website where it'll ask you if you if you meant this uh, this other store that has a similar sounding URL. Oh, weird. So you don't even have to actually get it right. If you can just get in the ballpark, it'll it'll ask you if you want to go where you want to go. So if you do like abortion shits or abortion shirts. Oh, uh, well, now now I want to like check on those options. <laughs> yeah, see how, see how far yeah, we can s- get. Send me my phone and I can do like the best thing for, for radio of just looking shit up. <laughs> We've on learned the- that we need to stop Googling things on the show. That okay. is one of the problems that we have run into before. And I could also not do that. Yeah. Well, let's not Google anything right now. But also, what about you? Well, tell me about you. Yeah, Griffin, <laughs> Griffin what are your secrets? <laughs> yeah, I want to be interviewed now for a few seconds. Yeah. What are my secrets? <laughs> yeah, what, you know. The only secrets I care about are my Westworld theories. Right, oh my god, we do have good Westworld theories. That is true. Uh, I have really good theories about a really bad show. Yeah, I don't um, think it's, I, I think it's an okay show. I've, I haven't watched it because Tim told me that it was a show about cowboy robots pouring milk on each other, and then somebody else told me that that only happens I once. I wish it was about that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I don't want to watch a show that's not about yeah. preferably shirtless, like just Tom of Finland looking dudes sure. just pouring milk on each other. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate because that description is really generous and does make it seem like this sound like, like, like an incredible show. And once you hear it's not that, I can see how that would kind of like take the, take the wind out of your sails as far as watching Westworld goes. Um, especially like, ugh. God, yeah, especially because that show is so fucking frustrating. Well, we got theories <laughs> is the point. Yep. Um, so I want to ask one last question. Uh, are you so like with your comics? Yeah. 
are you trying do you just like try and get like is twitter the new place for comic artists um, like just th- to like th- get traction i f- get a comic shared around feel like i feel like it's a pretty good medium for that sort of thing in particular like i personally prefer instagram because of the fact that it's like definitely geared towards sharing pictures but there you can't really share things on it and like that's definitely the advantage that twitter has over other platforms in that regard and also like i i wasn't really on twitter like i had a twitter account since like 2010 maybe but like i didn't really start using it until like a couple years ago and i feel like the there's been kind of a shift towards it just because like that's literally where politics is happening now yeah well twitter's had a weird thing right where it's gotten like more fervent for people who use it but fewer people are signing up to use it so the the, the like uh the user base is actually shrinking but the amount of use it's getting is growing right uh, actually it sounds accurate um but like so you mentioned that is accurate politics being on twitter yeah. like do you think that comics like have to be political to get attention now uh i mean a lot of the stuff that i do is subtly or overtly political but i also like i don't know i i really hate political cartoons like, uh, I mean, I guess the best example that comes to mind immediately is Ben Garrison. Oh, I mean, well, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an incredibly easy target, but like every other political cartoonist is still some version of that where you just have like the most labored metaphor you can think of in five minutes and then just have to fucking label everything on top of it because you're yeah. still not confident enough that people are going to be able to understand <laughs> yeah, that like the <laughs> that the bold the boulder represents yeah, taxes. The is taxes and the <laughs> rotund man uh who's eating from a very large plate next to to the very small man who is eating a single that's Alex grain of Jones. rice. The large man is Barack Obama. <laughs> and he, and his plate of food is your guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I think I don't think that that comics have to be political. I think you're you do you te- well you. What I like about the comics you do that I was mentioning before is that like they're they're weird and they're political, but only in the sense that like everything's weird and political and dumb now. Yeah, and so like they're 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 talking they're mostly about how dumb things are and things are dumb because of politics. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the most interesting tension to me is like trying to discuss not wanting to make things political because it's just so maddening to go down the the path of just honing in on what your ideology is and making everything about what that is to the point that you eventually turn into like a, a tanky and are just like, <laughs> like yelling at everybody that, that Stalin was the greatest world leader in history. It was fine to invade the Ukraine. It was fine. <laughs> I give him a B+. I'm not saying like he was the worst okay, so, <laughs> either, but... Yeah, no, but he was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, it's but it, it's also tough like right now to divorce politics from like other shit because it's like if i go to my comedy stuff that's what it's about if you, like music is talking about it it's like if it, it almost feels like one of the only realms that you can avoid politics in is video games at least yeah a lot Except of for every like couple weeks when an nra guy is like games are what cause mass shootings guns yeah but like even far cry 5 attempted to be political and just like ended up not feeling political like well, that's because far cry 5 was like didn't know what it was trying to be political about it was just like people are weird right crazy farms 
I've, I haven't played that one. It's mm-hmm. just like kind of Appalachian people. It's like, it's like, like big sky country, like Montana people. Yeah. And they have like a cult and it's like kind of like a make America great again cult, but it's also like a weird religious, like, like a, like a Waco kind of cult. Uh huh. And it's all just gets muddled together into like one generic, like bad people are bad message, which is like, <laughs> sure. I, <laughs> Which was right, I know that you, for me. Griffin, have a hard um, time. You've always been on the good people are bad <laughs> side of things, but it's like I that yeah, game really put the nail in the coffin, finally settled it for you. <laughs> Debunked my theory. <laughs> Just kind of doing like the like if you put Bioshock two on top of Bioshock one, where like Bioshock one was a, a trenchant commentary about uh objectivism and libertarian uh conservatism and then bioshock 2 just like had a really vague sort of like half critique of socialism right. that just seemed to exist because like the the company that developed that one just thought like well the first one had a politic in it yeah, yeah let's just yeah, do that yeah, again yeah, put a politic but in it doesn't it. <laughs> hey they like it they should have put a politic in it um, but yeah speaking of the most uh speaking of politics i think we should get into a game that um is one incredibly political yeah one of the <laughs> one of the modern political <laughs> <laughs> monuments of video gaming uh let's get into the yeah. history with a little history <laughs> um that was my favorite intro to the segment ever <laughs> In 2002, the Japanese gaming company Namco sponsored an institute called the Digital Hollywood Game Laboratory, a center designed to teach the Japanese public about game development. Namco would soon discover a young student at their school, Keita Takahashi, who was creating a video game so unique that they hired him on the spot and helped him create and publish the game. The game centers on a tiny prince and his father, the king of all cosmos, who has accidentally destroyed the stars in the sky. The king charges the prince to go to Earth with a katamari, a magical ball that allows anything smaller than it to stick to it and make it grow, and collect enough materials for him to recreate the stars and the constellations. The game went on to become a cult hit, and in 2012, the game was inducted into the New York Museum of Modern Art. This week on Game Boys, we roll up the world for our daddies with Katamari (laughs) Damacy, or in English, Clump Spirit. Whoa, nice. That was that was some really good facts in it, Greg. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, so Rory, why um why why Katamari of all of all the possible games? Um uh, mostly because it just makes me happy. Like sure. I, I've been playing yeah, whenever I feel really stressed out about anything, like that's just immediately like just a great thing to put on. Mm-hmm. Did you know like what is it about it that makes it like that is such a good de stressor? Because like I, I, I entirely agree, but I'm curious what it, how it works for you. I mean, in combination, there's it's incredibly colorful. Uh, It has a voice to it that I don't think any other game that I've ever played has. Most of the music's pretty chill. There's just something innately satisfying about making an extremely large ball of stuff and ultimately like trying to get your gigantic father's approval for (laughs) your behavior your gigantic father with a massive throbbing crotch wait i don't remember that that he's yeah no the bulge the bulge is rendered uh with gravitas Uh, yeah, it's basically a snowball simulator. Like you roll around and you pick stuff up and you just get bigger. And that's basically it, right? Yeah. Mostly. It's insanely satisfying. Yeah. Like it's what that's like the thing about this game is <laughs> most games have to do so much to set up like a dynamic that feels satisfying. 
Like even like your Mario games are like building all these obstacles and then you have to like get to the end of the level and there's like a reward and then you feel like satisfied with the thing. But with Katamari, it's like everything you pick up feels cool. When you bump into a thing that's a little too big to pick up and then you pick up a few more things and go back, that's like amazing. The first time you like pick up a building or whatever is like incredible. It's just constantly giving you things that feel good as you play it, which is like so nice, especially compared to like other modern video games, which are all about like making sure you feel as bad as possible most of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It is like the rare game where you can just kind of like let go because nothing bad can like, is there, what is there like a time limit? Is that the only thing? Yeah, there's a time limit. Yeah. So you can lose and then you get chastised, but that's about <laughs> it. And then you just want to do it again. And then like the further you are into the game that could end up taking up an entire night potentially. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Some of those get real long. It does feel though like a game where you can play it all in one night, though. Like it does feel like that kind of game. Oh, you definitely can. I definitely have like played through certain Katamari games, like beginning to end in an evening for sure. Um, it's also funny because like the penalty for doing a thing badly is like your dad yells at you, but it's like this is a video game. Everyone who's playing it is already very used to their dads yelling at them. Like everything, <laughs> there's nothing this game can do to hurt me. Also, like, your dad I'm, is a silly boner man. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, most dads are just silly boner man. Um, <laughs> and then once you get to think Katamari Forever, you get also a robot dad. Oh, yeah. So you have have two kinds of overbearing dads where there's one who's just too confident and the other who's just too insecure and just takes all of it, projects all of his insecurities onto you. Guys, I thought the politics <laughs> <just> were over. <laughs> hey, politics, because my dad named Paul. No, yeah, he's I mean, not. It, he's not. His name's no, Jack. It, it goes to like deep Jungian philosophy <laughs> where there are the two dad archetypes. There's the, like the there's only, there's only two types of fathers. <laughs> No, those are like the two primal archetypes. Like, the, I don't know what I'm, I'm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, and it's I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about Jung for like more than thirty it's seconds. Dangerously it's close like, to being accurate because almost anything about Carl Jung is dangerously close to being accurate because he's a bunch of bullshit. I feel like there's two types of dads: uh, weak daddies and strong daddies. And there's yeah, well, pros and cons to either, you know. And I don't want to spend too much time getting into to, to both of them. But I think I think we can agree that they're strong daddies and there's weak daddies. And that they're all then that they're both and they're dads. all. Sad dads and mad dads. Sad dads, dads, mad dads, but they're all dream daddies. Yeah, everyone's somebody's dream daddy, that's for sure. Um, But yeah, so this game, one thing about this game that I love um, is, I mean, the first, so each, as the game, as the series goes on, there's a bunch of, there's Katamari, Damasi, there's Katamari Forever, and there's one other. Uh, There's, uh, we love Katamari and Beautiful Katamari. And Beautiful Katamari, so there's four of them. And Tap My Katamari. Yeah, there's there's also a Tap My Katamari. (laughs) Oh, is that like a fun one? Yeah, it sucks. Tap My Katamari sounds like some weird nerd rap, <laughs> to be honest with you. That it's, it just kind of goes in a line sideways, and the the prince will roll up the ball regardless of whether or not you do anything. And so you can just leave, and it, you can just leave your phone, and it'll just keep happening forever. Oh, it's like when I was playing that game Mountain. Remember when I was playing that game? Yeah, I was just going to mention that Mountain felt very similar or like a spiritual successor to this game because Mountain is just an ambient game where you literally, there are no controls. You just have a oh, yeah. floating mountain in space and slowly things in space crash into your mountain and then become permanent fixtures on your mountain. So it's just you, got this like trippy kind of like mellow music and it just sits there in space. And if you leave it on for hours, like your mountain like grows and becomes a collection of things yeah you like click on it like three hours later and like there's a doctor who tardis and a ufo and like a dragon and a train sticking mm. out of it and you're like nice cool was that david o'reilly i think so yeah 
Did you play everything? Um, I poked around it a little bit. I need to like actually sit down with it. I've only played it at friends' houses. Everything is supposed to be really incredible. Yeah, it's also like a thing that mostly happens. Yeah, I've heard that, but I uh, just think that jumping, like just the idea of like being a rock seems yeah, dumb. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> another thing that's like pretty interesting to, to just sit there with. Although it also like definitely has more of an imposed idea of what it's supposed to be about on it. To the degree that, like, if you spend more than, I think, like, 10 minutes kind of just futzing around, hopping from thing to thing, then it starts playing you excerpts of lectures oh, about oh, Buddhist philosophy. <laughs> yeah, that people talk about the game have been like, so maybe this is a hot-ish take. I don't think so. We do a lot of the game and, like, you just jump from thing to thing and then Alan Watts philosophy lectures about Buddhism play in the background. And it's like... I don't want like, are you fucking kidding me? I do not want to just listen to Alan Watts. Like that's, there's a million, a million things I'd rather hear than Alan Watts talking about Buddhism, honestly. But it's also like, I think there's kind of a question about how sincere that is even because like either it could be completely like an honest expression of what David O'Reilly or thinks this work means or you have to consider that the same guy, I don't know how familiar you are with his cartoons. Uh, he did like a six part animated cartoon in MS Paint called Octocat, Whoa. where he pretended to be an eight year old who was making this cartoon that was just him speaking in a high pitched voice and screaming <laughs> and just screaming about looking for his parents. I can't believe I missed Jesus that. Christ. Or, uh, up alley. uh, what was it called? The External World, which he did with uh, Vern Chapman from Wonder Shows, and that is just like. It's just a series of vignettes of things happening, like a bird prints out a picture of a dick and then eats part of the <laughs> the dick and then makes a hat for itself out of it and then feeds the rest of the dick to its its children. Right, like eats it, throws it back or a depressed person goes to a doctor and the doctor writes them a prescription for go fuck yourself. Give me, give me ten more examples. <laughs> Uh, a handicapped no, Jesus I don't want uh, any wheelchairs across, the, across an ocean <laughs> or a teacher with I, I the head of Adolf Hitler. I will unplug this microphone before you list <laughs> any more. only unplugs you. Yeah, but so, like, the reason I brought that up is just you have to consider <laughs> like the person making this. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's really fair. Did he also make uh, the horse that was raised by spheres? Yeah, that someone else. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. that. That's one of my favorite, uh, like weird internet Getting art back videos. To the game we're talking about today, <laughs> Katamari Damacy. Uh, uh, the music is something I wanted to mention. Uh, oh I yeah, thought, yeah. It was very, it very, very cool. Very ahead of its time. I'm not good at describing music. Maybe you are, Rory. Um, well, I'll take it for that one because Rory <laughs> is hitting the vape. So, Rory, Rory, um, you have to vape well, into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> is that picking up? Uh, I know the I know the interview segment's over, but this vape thing keeps coming up. So I want to say, uh, and now it's 2018. Don't tell my mom. A lot of there's 2018. There's a lot of a lot of, a lot of stigma around vapes, but you're still vaping through it. And I want to know where I don't yeah. want I want to know where you're at with vapes. Uh, well, vape culture sucks. I don't know why Every culture kind of it's sucks. even a thing. What? I don't know why there is a culture that seems to exist around uh, a small machine that vaporizes uh, nicotine oil. But but there is. It, it's, it's like a really awful thing where it's just like nerds who think that they've kind of embraced like street culture. 
Yeah, it's like nerds and weird teens. Nerds and weird teens, but like wearing like graffiti shirts that say shit like "Come and vape it." You know, it always sucks <sighs> when you enjoy something and then a bunch of people uh, get together and to de- decide to enjoy it in a stupider way. I don't even yeah. particularly enjoy it. It's just cheaper than smoking. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. Now back to the oh, game. Yeah. Sorry, I got your got <laughs> your vape music. thing, and and make sure to make sure to keep vaping into the mic so the audience can know yeah. uh, when you're when you're blowing those sweet fumes. Um, Listeners, keep on vaping in the free yeah. world. <laughs> Anyways, um, the thing with the music is that's so great is the music is like. The music is great because it's not only really it's it's funny and goofy in the same way the game is funny and goofy. So it's like this light, really fun, jaunty music that isn't just like the kind of a lot of video games just have like, you know, this is intense music or like this is goofy music. But this is like really like it's goofy in a really specific way. Like the opening is like that. And it's just like really fun and silly. and has this like kind of childlike wonder that the whole game kind of yeah, has. Childlike wonder is a good word. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, the latest version of the game has the best example of this where um, you like start rolling and eventually you get big enough. That you start picking up continents or like islands or yeah. like land masses. And then you start picking up planets and stars. And like as you zooms out further and further, like that sense of wonder and scale is like one of the most amazing things about these games. It's just like you go from being, you know, struggling with paper clips to like picking up literally a solar system. Uh, yeah. Uh, at the end of the original game, as the credits roll, you can actually roll over the hub world that you were, which is Earth, and pick up all the real countries on the world. So it's like you just picked up Afghanistan. <laughs> it's like yeah. you just rolled up South Korea. Apparently, that was some kind of like an issue in the later ones because some of the countries just have fake names. <laughs> what? Um, like what? Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's sort of like um, it's like a I gotta look this controversy like a, up. Yeah, see if that see if that's real. I, th- I have a distinct memory of playing in the one of the later ones and seeing like, you know, it would be like, Glaphistan, Bogtown. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, sure, why not? Or just like Jamaicaquai. That's not one um, of them. But uh, we we we've talked about this with other games that were that were made by like one person. Uh, that this mm-hmm. game feels like it has just like a, a very unique uh communication uh, and like it's like it's like it's kind of like one person it feels like one person mm-hmm. made it and it's like one person's unique vision for a game that always f- makes games feel a little more special and like makes them feel a little more intimate like like this guy was just at some video game school making this thing and then they just basically just gave him like 10 employees to finish it uh yeah that's so fucking wild well you were saying Rory, when you when you asked you i brought it like that it has like a kind of voice that you really admire. Like, what is it about? Like, what what about is it about the game that you think gives that voice? And like, what about that voice is good? I mean, for one thing, you you interact with it in a way that's not like any other game that I've played ever. Yeah, like just on on its face, like there aren't any other. I guess it's it's kind of almost like I, I thought about tank controls for a second, even though it's not really that. But like the way that you pivot around things. Right, they use just the two control sticks, and you're yeah, just rolling. That's, that's something that like it is just on it on its face like interesting to me because like that is the the person who made the game has like a very very specific idea of how the game is supposed to interact to the point that y- it it's not something that you can easily pick up what, next to like if you just like play FPS games or if you just play racing games. You couldn't like just get in the middle of a Katamari game and just be able to figure it out where like you could jump from like most shooters to most other shooters and have like a basic idea of where you're supposed to go and how you're supposed to move. 
Yeah, with the Katamari, but, it's like such yeah, a unique if you don't, and like, different. If you don't play like the the tutorial level, then you're probably not. You're just going to lose over and over again until you figure out like how to move at all. Right. Yeah. No, that checks out. That's that's that. There's that, and I think that like the like I don't know for me the cartoonishness of the yeah. game is also like really something like like special, especially for its time. I feel like that was like one during one of the earlier 3D revolution times. Everyone was like, let's make games. Fucking real. Uh, didn't they all look like shit? They look like shit. Yeah, like I, I was rewatching good... videos of this game online. I was like, oh, this is a game I'd like to revisit just to like relax, like just to like play to relax. Do you find that you go to gaming to relax, or do you play like a lot, a lot of different games? Um, most of the time, like the main thing I I, I gravitate towards is things that have like a distinct narrative arc. Like I can't really play, uh. MMO games because like there's not a specific purpose to it other than to just continue to exist in that world. Uh, That's a big, that's a point of contention on this show. But so for like a lot, a lot of games, like I guess the main thing is either like just wanting to take time out of my day to stop thinking about things. And either I want to be engrossed in something where like there's a, a compelling well-written story or I just like with with Katamari and it, it's so great for this to just have like a satisfying immediate thing where you have like a very specific goal and you don't have like attempted moving parts to interact with in terms of like how the, a story is structured yeah, you, you just really- have and this nice pastel world where like people leave cars on, or leave guns on the ground and handcuffs and Rats wander everywhere, and but everyone seems really happy all everyone, the time. Anyway. Everyone seems really happy until you get really big, and then cops start shooting at you. But you also don't have like a health bar. Oh, do do right, cops start shooting at you? Oh yeah, no. Eventually, <laughs> if you get like if so you get you, larger, you're a terror upon the world. Yeah, I mean, you definitely are. You're sucking up everything, <laughs> and you're also indestructible. Well, yeah. I mean, the ball can get smaller, sort of. That is actually, into stuff. Yeah, you can you can lose like an object or two, but it's not really a hindrance. So you don't even have to worry about like health. There's not really. I think a thing that it's just like a very small and specific thing I, that I really like is the fact that you can switch between playing as the prince and playing as the prince's like dozens and dozens of cousins, and it doesn't <laughs> yeah, impact the gameplay. In the slightest, other than just so you have a, a different little dude. Yeah, a different little dude, this different colored, a different colored little guy. Yeah, there's no no buffs, no power ups, nothing to like collect to improve your gameplay experience. You just either have to get good at it or not. And everything else is just aesthetics. Yeah, which I can appreciate. Like it really is just like a strictly mechanical game in a way that I think is like pretty mm-hmm. um, to get deep nerd like kind of like. It's similar to like those old like structural films in the '60s that were all like you could see all the side like the the film grain and all that stuff. And it was all about like showing just like how it's a movie and that it's a movie and there's a system of like moving parts making a movie here. And Katamari kind of feels like that. Like it's very much a game that's just about the mechanics and trying to sell you the mechanics and show you the mechanics in a way that like other games kind of try to hide their mechanics in a bunch of other stuff. Right. Like cool cutscenes and crazy graphics and mm-hmm. and whatever. And Katamari is all mechanics and i think that's a really cool way to put a game together because it's a pretty and it's extremely unique yeah this is this is one of the games where i'm like god now i have to figure out how to how to play this game again because it's uh i don't have a playstation 2 uh do you have a playstation 4 i do uh 
do you have PlayStation Now? Uh, no, but I could. It's on there. <laughs> cool. It's there. Uh, it's waiting yeah, you for can you. play it today. Ooh. I have PlayStation Now. I have my play Very today. interesting. I'll have to do that. Um, final question that I had about the game uh, is, do you think Ted Cruz would like this game? Um, I think Ted Cruz would like you to think that he likes this game <laughs> the same way that Ted Cruz loves to go around mangling quotes from The Simpsons or acting out entire <laughs> scenes from The Princess Bride. Ted Cruz would love for you to think that he enjoys this game. Uh, in particular, I, I lost my train of thought entirely. Well, this this sucks. You know, he tell you that he, I, th- just that part sucked. Just you're good. Um, he would tell you, yeah. He wants we, you to like. We've never game. trailed off on a thought before. Yeah, yeah. He want you to like think he likes this game, but really, he's too busy watching weird cuckold porn. Because um, oh, that's yeah. the one thing Ted Cruz really likes, and we know it because he retweeted it from his personal Twitter account. Thanks, weirdo. Um, well, now that we've got a little, now you know, uh, now that we've got the Ted Cruz bit in I there, think- I think we should take a commercial break. What do you think, Lux? Yeah, I think it's about time to hear from our sponsors. So you've deleted Facebook, but now what? You're walking around. There's an empty hole where your Facebook-shaped heart used to be. Every time I open a new tab, I stare at the empty URL bar and I just don't know where to go or what to do. Introducing a new kind of way to interact. Introducing MySpace. MySpace? I've never had my very own space. It's in fact a cutting edge design, a profile all your own. You can have songs, pictures, poorly photoshopped backgrounds. You can even have a top Eight. Wait, are you saying I could have songs that play when people visit my page and they can't turn them off? Or I could rank my friends in a way that's demeaning and offensive? I'm saying both those things, but even worse than you could ever possibly imagine. Where do I sign up? It's free. Just get in my time machine and go back to 2004. Sure, you've got it, HG Wells. Let's go. Goodbye. All right, Internet, welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. I'm, I'm getting I increasingly... I like, I like it, right? it. I yeah, like it's it. It's getting better. <laughs> um, it's growing on me. It's better than the other one was. Anyways, uh, I'm still Lux. We're still with Griffin. We're still joined by Rory Blank, and we've Hello. talked about Katamari for a good half hour, but now it's time for us to rate this game. So here's how it works. Oh, Griffin and Dice with Ford, we want us to keep doing joysticks. We want to pick a thing from the game to rate. No, uh, no. What? Look, I, I only entertain that idea out of respect for my guest. But okay, internally, I, I was I was furious. OK, good. I, I was hoping you'd say that, but I just wanted to double check. No, no, all right, joy, yeah, so we joysticks do are stain. I'm trying yeah. to think of a way to make that name longer. OK, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what we do. Uh, here is we rate the game on a scale. Give your final thoughts and rate this game on a scale from one to five joysticks. Five being the best, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, Rory, we'll start with you. Uh, if you want to give your final thoughts on your rating, then we'll go around in a circle. Um, I think part of the appeal of the game ultimately is that it has a kind of childlike view of the world, where especially like both in how the larger world exists in a kind of mechanical sense where like everything is big and moving around and you know, like people, people are just kind of like large, vague avatars of people kind of just moving from space to space. And you're this tiny thing looking up towards everybody. And ultimately, it's either um, an incredibly optimistic and uplifting film or game about uh, like bringing the world together and enjoying it, like trying to create some sort of sense of unity between everybody by making them all into a giant ball of trash. Or it's the most nihilistic game ever made because ultimately you are just kidnapping thousands of people 
to eventually have them turned into a giant flaming ball by your monstrous father. Sure. Which is how I choose to interpret it. Yeah, that's fair. So then on the five joysticks, uh, where are you going to land? If it's between op- this optimistic view and the end of the world. I mean, both are really cool. Okay, so then uh, let's give this one bad boy a number. What you got? Out of five? Yeah. Five. Five out of five joysticks. A perfect score. It's a perfect game. That's Very nice. Probably pretty true. Griff, what you got for me, buddy? Well, you know, um, I always try and give the joysticks based on, you know, what was this video game trying to do and did it achieve it? I think it has a great sense of style and tone and simplicity. Um, and I think it just like nails it on all um, on all aspects. So I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I mean, uh I can't. No, th- okay. I kept on thinking, trying to be the hardest critic ever, you know, and be like, "What? What is it missing?" And I'm coming up blank. I'm coming up Rory blank. Nice. I mean, it's like, what would you change? Um, and one thing is that it doesn't really. This the series doesn't really progress at all. They keep remaking the same game, <laughs> and then eventually realize like all they could add is just jump and scale. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to be the only one to not give it a five, <laughs> but I like. Yeah. I mean, okay. Here's what we'll do. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everything you said is right, right? It does everything it wants to do perfectly. It even has, like, a little bit of a narrative idea going on with this, like, kid trying to prove himself to his father. And, like, his we- and there's a weird Oedipal thing happening. And it's super fucking fun. I just, like, don't think you cannot give this game a five because there's not... What... I don't think of a fa- if you evaluate this game on its terms, like, there's nothing it's doing wrong. There's nothing I would change, right? I wouldn't want it to have more story. I like that it's, like, thin and goofy and you can just add all your shit on your own. I wouldn't change the mechanics, and I think that building a mechanics-based game is dope. So yeah, I think we'll make this our first ever five out of five all the way around. Oh my god, the clump spirit <laughs> rolled the Game Boys up. Oh, Katamari Damacy! Oh. Wow, oh my god. Bring out bring out all the people from behind the walls. Oh, everyone's coming <laughs> wait, out wait, and wait, celebrating. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, the living room is just filled with all of our former guests, and they're all just cheering <laughs> like the end of Mass Effect 3. Wow. This is great. We saved the earth. Rory, you did it. You brought us a champion. We are free now. We can stop doing this podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is the only, that was our condition, was to do this until we get a perfect game, then we have to stop. Just kidding. We're not stopping, and it's time for everybody's favorite segment full of segments. It's time for the segment segment. (laughs) And we'll start, as usual, with Griffin. Uh time for talking tale <laughs> uh, it's time for talking tale uh where i ask our guest have they played undertale yes and what did you think did you like it uh, i think it's worth noting that like i've never played earthbound or uh any, any or most of the other like, five seconds <laughs> It's really good. It's extremely All good. Right. Um, it has like it has a very compelling narrative that exists on its own terms. There are elements of it that I think are supposed to harken back to a genre of game that I have no experience with because I didn't have any consoles growing up, and I tried emulating some of those games when I broke my leg in high school and I was too high to understand what I was doing. Sure. <laughs> We've all been there it with brings the, you back with the... to a, uh, a, st- a state of, uh, of, of drugged upness. That's what you feel like when you play it. Just flashbacks to those moments of being st- being too high off of pain pills for your leg. And not oh, no, I, I, I meant like I spent like 10 hours playing the opening of Chrono Trigger once. 
Uh, because I was just too too fucked up on like prescription strength painkillers to understand space. And that's sure. talking tale. <laughs> All right. And then now it's time for our second segment, which is Yak and Yu-Gi-Oh, where I ask, hey Rory, you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? No. All right. Uh, cool. I love I the nose. I always hope for nose. Uh, I, as a kid, just thought it was a cheap imitation of Pokemon. Well, you weren't totally wrong. <laughs> Anyways, Griffin, I believe you've got something to say. Sorry, Yu-Gi-Oh! is just for the Pokemon fans that grew up. Yeah, <laughs> or the ones who don't believe in animal cruelty. No, dog fighting is for Pokemon fans that grew up. Bango, tango. Rory, we're wrestling. You're, sure. you're about to be in the biggest dog fight of your life with this next <laughs> segment. Uh, riddle me this. Oh, boy. Uh, guys, welcome back to Riddle Me This. This is the segment where I am a popular video game game character from a major franchise and i'm gonna give you three riddles to guess who i am you ready rory do, do you have to do all three if i if i like guess before them do i i hope up? you guess before no okay. if you used extra win i hope you guess before all right we're gonna start with the first one <clears throat> take your daughter to work is when i lock them in through the vents i release a deadly toxin what the fuck <laughs> Is this like a, it's like a, let's not. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you can start guessing to whittle it down, you know, if you, you know. All right, what about, um, is this like a Five Nights at Freddy's thing? Nope. And Rory, any guesses yet? Is it heavy rain? And I no, never it's played not that heavy game. rain. <laughs> Moving on. Guy, I, I said that. popular video game franchises. Anyway. It's a game that a lot of people know exists. Uh, all right. Riddle number two. Nobody bought. You are my pawn, my plaything, my toy. My tests are the only thing bringing me joy. Oh, my God. Why? This seems so... I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't put this together. Who? Portal? You each get a guess for who the Ooh, character is. I guess. Although that's not the name of the character. That's yeah, happening. but whatever the thing Lux, is. Lux, do you have a guess? Um, i trying to think. There's something on the tip of my tongue. I'm trying to... Rory, do you have it's a not... guess? Uh, or I can... Dr. Eggman. Dr. Eggman is not the character. Ooh, that's, a good, that's a good guess, though. Or Dr. Mario. Um, I'll say... Uh, Bones, I had one. I had one I wanted to say too. Um, I'll give you the third. I'll, give you the, third I'll give you the third riddle. Give me the third riddle. Give me the third riddle. Yeah. Like I, whatever I was going to say was going to be wrong. When you beat my games, I always ask why. I'm rarely honest. The truth is a pie. Yeah, it is, it is Glados. Yeah, from, you won. <laughs> Wait, Glados from what? Portal. Oh, from Portal. Yeah, it was Glados. Yes, you were right. I am the character Glados from Portal. <laughs> okay, wait. You were just talking shit about like Heavy Rain being esoteric, but Portal's not that much. Like Portal's way more what? popular than Heavy Rain and way better. Well, it's definitely way better. Listen, if you type in popular video game characters on Google, which is what I do sometimes, uh, <laughs> Glados appears. Heavy Rain does not. Okay, well, you got me. And now it is time for our final segment, which means everyone's almost free to go. It's time for Play It, Slay It, Delay It. This is the game where, Rory, I'm going to read you guys the names of and the ad copy from three different video games that are somewhat similar to Katamari. And you will choose one to play as in play right away, one to slay as in throw in the trash, and one to delay as in save for later. And so here we go. 
Lay it, lay it, lay it. First up, we got Noby Noby Boy. Hell yeah. Control the stretching, flying, farting character boy in this one-of-a-kind <laughs> gaming experience. You and, you and countless other boys across the world explore and interact with objects in dozens of surreal worlds. Where play is limited only by the boundaries of your imagination. The more everyone stretches, the longer the whimsical character by the name of Girl will grow. Starting from Earth and reaching other planets in the solar system, unlocking new levels along the way. Next, we've got American McGee's Grimm. Once upon a time, fairy tales were valuable cautionary yarns filled with dire warnings and sage advice. However, over time, the stories have become so watered down with cute woodland creatures and happy endings, they have lost their true meaning and purpose. No more. This is American McGee's Grimm, and happily ever after ends now. Finally, the wonderful end of the world. You can't save the whole world. It's going to be eaten by a mythological demon with the head of a fish. But as a puppet that absorbs all it touches, you can try to rescue as much of Earth's greatness as you can before the end arrives. In the beginning, you roam the Earth, capable of absorbing only the tiniest of objects. A glass marble you collect becomes your head, and a pair of jelly beans become your hands. Small creatures overwhelm you, with the rats kicking you around and golden retrievers threatening to stomp you to pieces. But with every object you collect, your puppet self grows larger. Eventually, you'll become a towering behemoth with fire engines for arms and the ability to absorb entire buildings. Hell yeah. So play slate delay what do you guys got we got noby noby boy we got american mcgee's grim and the wonderful end of the world uh rory you're the guest you can start us off so i i tried playing noby noby boy once actually whoa really yeah <laughs> it's, it's shocking I'm, I'm borrowing a friend's ps3 right now and it was just on there whoa. and it was real confusing i had a I think the controller was kind of broken. I had a really hard time figuring out where I was supposed to, like how I was supposed to move. It sounds extremely confusing. Uh, so I, I definitely want to play more of that one because I want to figure out how to interact with it. Sure. Which currently I don't understand. All right, so play Noby Noby Boy, and we've got Grim and the Wonderful End of the World. I would I would actually put uh, so it was. Delay was the last one. That's like, yeah, do, like do, save do, it do for later. later. Yeah. I would put Noby Noby Boy there, actually, okay. because while I do want to get back to it, I, I want to get back to it the same way that I will eventually read Gravity's Rainbow. Sure. sure. I've started like 10 times. Right. Actually, and I one day I'm going to do Gravity's it. Rainbow. That's the book for that. Um, all right. So then what are you going to play? So we delay Noby Noby Boy. Um, I would go with The Wonderful End of the World. That sounds really interesting. And I've never heard of it before now. Uh, I would throw away <laughs> Grimm because, I mean, I, I tried playing Alice once. Yikes. American McGee's Alice, and he's he really is the, the Tim Burton of game designers. And I mean that in the sense that, like, everything has this awful idea that people kind of got around the same time people started saying that like you know mr rod mr rogers used to be a sniper mr rogers used to have or has <laughs> full sleeves of tattoos under thing under his s- Wait, sleeves what no it's just like that that impulse of like wouldn't it be crazy if this was secretly fucked up it's oh, sure. every new metal song from like 2003 where it's like a pop song how did we yeah, get to from this the 80s, I, i'm but sorry spooky. how did we get here from this from this game because we're talking about american mcgee's grim yeah the, no that's that's the his, retelling the fairy tales that was his whole motif for a while it's just like what if this was dark um and it's dark the same way that like Marilyn Manson's version of Tainted Love is dark. Sure. 
All right. Um, all right. So we got. So you're gonna play Wonderful of the World. Delay. Noby. Noby. Boy. Slay. Graham. Griffin. What you got? I like that one on long enough. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Cool. No. No problem. Um. Yeah. You're probably right. This is one where we can just skip our opinions because who cares? Um, actually, we're actually. I want to know. Yeah, and that's fair. Actually, we're under time, Griffin, so we actually can do this. <laughs> okay. I, I. I honestly, I forgot what the games were, so my answers are, no- are meaningless. So you go. Lars. All right. So Griffin. Griffin wants to play Graham because <laughs> he loves fairy tales. <laughs> And he wants to delay Noby Noby Boy because he loves farting. I think it's what happens is when you read too long, too much of this text, I like, I just lose it. And I just like, it's hard to remember all three. These are pretty short. I know. Like, I think I need like a one liner for each one and like, that's it. Or I'm going to forget. But it, that's probably right, my well, fault. Well, we'll try it again later. But anyway, so Griffin picks, Griffin plays Grim, slays Noby, or slays End of the World, delays Noby Noby Boy. I'm going to play Noby Noby Boy. I'm also going to slay Grim. And uh, and then I'll delay the wonderful end of the world because it sounds good, but also sounds kind of just like Katamari. And so, sorry, no triple slay this week. The streak is over. <laughs> the streak is over. It ended at two. Sorry about that, everyone. But it's still a great episode. It was still a great time. And so, Rory, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Um, uh, you want to tell the people where they can find you, your shirts, your stuff, your etc. Okay, so I bought a lot of domain names a few years ago. So currently I own kingofblood.com, which uh, you can go to to see my my comics, or uh, skeletonwizard.com to uh, buy stuff from me, or uh, pisscastle.com to also see my comics, or uh, oiledupleatherdaddies.com also to see my comics. Again, I have more domain names they know what to do with. Why don't you consolidate them all into one place because these are all really no well most of them lead to the same website they're just really good <laughs> domain names oh. <laughs> different domains with it, so that, that oh, yeah. okay. or um piss castle on twitter and at rory blank on instagram yeah and then the facebook page is what's it called just uh, rory, rory blank, blank comics. comics which is just like a fucking placeholder name sure um, and then the shirts that people can get at, uh, what is it? It's my abort. It's abortion shirts at Shopify. Yeah. Something like that. If you just type in Tim, Tim Faust abortion shirt, yeah, it'll probably work out. Yeah. And then you can find the Ted Cruz was the Zodiac killer shirts there. Griff man, tell people what they want to know. And that's where they can look at you live or on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can find me, uh, w- working for Ted Cruz five days a week in the state Damn state it. Senate. Um, no, uh, you can find me at the pack theater or on, on twitter.com at shut up Griffin. Uh, or follow us at Game Boys Pod on Instagram. We post fun stuff there now. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I also will <laughs> soon. Um, yeah, you know, you can find me at ML Surfboard on Twitter. Uh, you can find the uh, Party World Wrestling stuff at Party World Wrestling on Facebook. You can find the videos at Wisecrack on Wisecrack at YouTube. I also want to mention we have an exciting show coming up soon. Later this month, we're going to be doing the first Game Boys live show. And I'm well, breaking we, that news right now. We might be. <laughs> we have to 100% confirm it. But we are looking at it and we'll see. Uh, we'll net to give you guys more details once we know that. Anyways, what I was trying to do to finish the plug was you can find the videos at Wisecrack. You can find other videos, including my prank call antics and not even a show on youtube and uh that will be all for us so my name is lux i'm your host your co-host is griffin davis your guest is rory blank your intro and outro music is by matthew morden your art is by Brittany metz your editor is Haley clement thank you so much we love you very much and goodbye katamari damasi five out of five from spirit